coming up on Sunday, June 26th on pay-per-view from the United Center in Chicago for the first time ever, Forbidden Door. And I'm here with Mr. Obari, the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and of course, the owner and president of AEW, Tony Khan. Tony? Thank you very much, Tony. And Mr. Obari, we're honored to have you here at AEW. We're honored to have AEW Dynamite and AEW Rampage on New Japan World now. And we're very excited about this partnership leading to AEW Forbidden Door, June 26th, Sunday at the United Center. One of the biggest events in pro wrestling modern history. AEW and New Japan come together. All roads have led to this. The Forbidden Door is open, and we're very honored to have the huge stars of New Japan coming to America. We're very honored to have you here, sir. We will show you, we will show you the genuine strong style of New Japan Pro Wrestling beyond the door. We're very excited, and uh, I can't wait to see your top stars, our top stars. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's an honor. Okay, okay, simmer down. Let, let her get her words out. Come on, New York. Hold up. Hold up. Give her, give her a minute. Give her a minute. Y'all gonna want to get married one day, too. <laughs> Come on, Dana. Dana. making me look bad. Y'all making me look bad. I'm not gonna get no more gigs off of this. Can he get it out, please? And then y'all can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want. Wrestling has more than one badass podcast. <laughs> Good shit. Late to every episode. Late so much, I'm going to have to buy you a pregnancy test. Bob Rude. <laughs> I want to be a podcaster. Yay. It's my name Kenta. Kenta. I'm going to call him Kenta. Dynamite drop in, Monty. That broadcasting school is really paying off for you. <laughs> You're so high, you don't even know it. Oh, I'm a boy. You ready for a scotch ad? We don't know anything <laughs> about him. The only thing he's got in his wallet is a bunch of names of whorehouses. <laughs> That's flair! <laughs> <laughs> Probably look like Jim Duggan digging the tape out of his crotch. Benoit, enjoy my wife. <laughs> That's a bold statement, Cotton. Oh my god, mine just stopped recording. No, we're good. We're still recording. What a dick! <laughs> I'd cease and desist me. I'd cease and desist me hard. I need a minute to recover off that. What kind of game is it? War games! Let a war! War games! You are impressionist. I have, yeah, I know. That's the only thing I've said in the last half hour. Bark, Bark like, like a, a dog. dog. <laughs> oh, 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 jinx. Holy shit. How did that actually happen? Here we go. Go. It's the Top of Wrestling Podcast. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. 
We're here and ready to go. We not only bring you the top of wrestling, the top of the most recent news, this week we're bringing you a top topic as we like to do. This one is going to be a fun one. It's going to be, I know I say everyone is going to be fun. The more I start to realize, I'm like, oh, it's going to be a fun one. That's why we chose it. But this one we get to dive into the family side of wrestling. All the different wrestling families in pro wrestling history. I'd absolutely love to say thank you to everyone who is listening to us on whatever device that may be on. Normally, I would love to list all that out, but today we are running completely blind. No Zoom. No notes. Well, that's all on my end. Been a shitty start. The last 10 minutes have been a rough go. Gotta help us all. Ladies and gentlemen, ODM. Yeah, one of us is at least prepared, so uh, I'll be leading this show today. Look at me. Oh, you can't. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm the captain now. Listen, I hope <laughs> I hope you realize how dedicated I am to this fucking podcast. My wife uh, is throwing an event uh, for her department at the university, swanky, uh, at one of the local breweries, uh, at which I know the owners. No big deal. And the bar manager, also no big deal. And my plan had been to crash that party, even though I don't work for her department, just to hang out at the brewery and drink some beers. But no, I'm doing this podcast instead. So I'll just drink here, alone. Well, with nobody else. <laughs> well, it's actually first funny. First of all, today is, today is going to be one of those where we got to be real careful of, you know, not stepping all over each other because of the, uh, we can't even see each other. Normally we like to wave and go, hey man, I'm going to talk. And then I still talk over you anyway. Really yeah. yeah. How's that going to be any, any different from Monday Night Wars? Absolutely none at all. But especially last week. Oh my God. You know what? I don't know if I told you I was there, but I will say we'll do what we can. We'll get you moving. Maybe you can go grab yourself a, a brewski at the brewery. Yeah, doubtful. Um, <laughs> well, again, like I said, we have a top topic, which is pro wrestling families. And we got some big news. And today we're going to have a little on the fly fun. You know what I noticed is that over the last couple of weeks, we keep doing these random just games on the fly. All right, here we go. Let's Let's test this one out. This one we planned a little bit in advance, which is good. Uh, because even you texted me a day before recording. You're like, man, let me ask you, how how many are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's 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 going to have to be a subjective to each person, and, and we'll get into that. But let's get into it, man. Bring the news to me. I can't see anything, so I just <laughs> assume the first thing that we're talking about is news, right? Anything I've skipped? The first thing we're going to talk about is news, and let's start with the biggest news, and that would be that, you know, and just a fucking, just, a, you know, another kick in the dick. You know, I had to go out of town for work, so I'm figuring I'm going to be sitting in a hotel. I can actually watch AEW. No, that's when my brother decides, hey, let's do a virtual happy hour. So I can't complain. It's good to talk to family, so. But anyway, you use the TV in the hotel room to have it on in the background. But, you know, I mean, you got to learn to multitask, my man. Yeah, right. Well, the big news, couple pieces of big news from this past week's Dynamite. We'll go ahead and just jump into that is uh, Tony Khan's weekly announcement uh, this week was <laughs> that there will be a show in Chicago. It will be AEW versus New Japan Pro Wrestling, the Forbidden Door being the name of the event. Uh, so kind of what we expected, 
There are so many possibilities. This has potential to be a really great show. Let's hope it happens. Let's not forget uh, when Adam Page fought Okada uh, before uh, AEW was even formed. It was like the first unofficial AEW pay-per-view, kind of, if you want to call it that. Wait, are you talking about All In? Yeah, isn't that where Okada faced Page? No, that, that was Skrull. Uh, was actually that was Skrull. Marty Skrull. That was Skrull. Yeah, my bad. The last great match of Skrull. Yeah, and and I quick tiny pivot, but uh, I may get his name wrong, but I think it's like Lance Dorito, Dorado, or something like that. And I, uh, it, Lince Dorado. I really didn't mean to get it wrong. Sure, he <laughs> uh, Dorito. He wanted to be pulled from a show. Really. That had Marty Skrull on it, as well as I think it was uh, Travis something. I want to, I, Baker maybe or something. Yeah, like I that. think but you're right. Yeah, both guys that have been accused yeah. of something, and I'm like, God, man, Skrull was on the top, man. I mean, he, he had was. a tremendous match with Okada. I was thankful that him and Okada had that match at All In and went as long as they did because. It shortened up the Young Bucks match, if you remember. The, <laughs> the six man, they had to do like 30 minutes worth of work in six minutes, which I was absolutely fine with. And it's just a normal Young Bucks match anyway. But it was it was awesome. But yeah, he screwed his life up, man. But oh, well, that being said, yeah, dude. Um, First, it's funny because it's in Chicago at the United Center. 20k max right i mean you can't have any more than twenty thousand in that place yeah it's not a very big venue i texted this to you it, it it's a great idea and i love the urgency and i think it's great and hopefully it is a it's not a one-off i don't think it'll be a one-off in any way but i i think it's a one into several things and i'll get into that in a second um but I've seen a couple people. Now there are a lot of people online that are your AEW haters. Oh yeah. Look at I want to I want to get I want to unsubscribe from every wrestling site possible. And I'm talking like all the threads and everything. But I'm like, how do you promote a podcast? Um, but you end up seeing a lot of the stuff, and people always shit on AEW. One thing did get me. What is Tony Khan's hard on for Chicago? And it's like, this is like their 15th show. And someone said, they're like, we're from Los Angeles. We'll take a show. We'll sell it out. And it's very true. I mean, they did Vegas for double or nothing uh, one time. They've done Baltimore, Maryland. But they've done like now three to four Chicago pay-per-views, several Dynamites, the, the live Rampage with Punk. What is the hard on for Chicago? It's not like it was all made, even all in with Chicago. Yeah, well, Chicago, I think it's just, I think Chicago's, they, they view as kind of like a Philadelphia or a Toronto. You know what I mean? Those, those, are, those are places that you know you're going to get, you know, a hot crowd. Um, it's your raw hot crowd. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, now, what I said about the one into something i think we could get not a full-blown aew for uh, versus new japan all out but i think we may get a couple of guys who will 
come into All Out and have some matches. And the biggest thing is what I texted you. Mm. Wrestle Kingdom's running three nights now. Jesus well, this past year was three because they went versus Noah. Mm. But who's to say they can't have Wrestle Kingdom, Tokyo Dome versus AEW? No reason we can't have them over there. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor. I mean, Adam Cole defended against Jay Lethal one year, or it was vice versa, and then... No, no, hang on. Jay Lethal defended against Michael Elgin for the Ring of Honor title and retained. Then the following year, Kyle O'Reilly lost the Ring of Honor title to Adam Cole at Wrestle Kingdom. So, New Japan has no problem putting another promotion over on their biggest stage of the year. Right. Here is the the difference. When you look at a company like this versus WWE working with other companies. Now, people are like, well, WWE doesn't. And I I can't wait to get into this in my bring it to the table. Um, I almost feel like pulling a quick trigger and going now. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's a difference as to why WWE can't merge along and do this work with other people. But even more so, it's egos. I am willing to bet anybody between both companies is going to, every one of them is willing to go, yeah, I'll put my shoulders to the mat against whoever it is. Yeah. I I can't see CM Punk going, no, I should go over Okada or a Tanahashi. You know what I'm saying? Right. I don't think he's going to feel like he is superior to them and has no problem taking an L that way. Same to a lot of the guys on the card. Um, so I, I, I think on both sides, I think it's going to be a very exciting pay-per-view and well, this is kind of what we talked about and I'm going to kind of pivot a little farther ahead in the news. Why? Because I can't see anything, man. I'm just taking a guess, (laughs) but I'm just going to throw this idea out there. Uh, let's jump into what our game is of the week. Let's give me a new segment game of the week. Uh... Um, Oh man, I can't see you, so I kind of <laughs> so I kind of just so, threw it in there. I will let you know. This is what it, I said. I, let, let's the game is let's both create a card, not a fantasy card, because if it was a fantasy card, it would be amazing, but probably nine out of ten percent, nine out of ten won't happen. You know what I mean? even more so probably most of them so we said let's create a card each and let's see how many of these actually do come to fruition whether it goes into our predictions of the season whatever um how hard was this for you very hard and my card looks like shit i i didn't i got to a point where i said i'm gonna stop looking at this like i have a few written down and I've left out some big names. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have Okada on this. I don't have Tanahashi on this. Like, because what? because the only reason, it's not because I don't think they're going to be there. I don't think there's good matchups. It's just, I like the list that I have, and I'm just going to run with it. Okay. So, we'll see what happens. Now, what I would like to say is, you love honorable mentions. I have an honorable mention that may be more cool. of a segment, maybe a pre-show thing. Um and it's definitely fantasy based, but the opportunities there. See, I kind of have a little bit of the same. Now, I'm not gonna lie; I put both rosters up on my computer. I got going. This is when I had a computer that was up and running, <laughs> um, and I was able to really 
dive in and make a real, you know, roster. Or, or, or I'm sorry, a real card. You know, like when you and I did our fantasy WrestleMania, there ended up being like 15 matches. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Again, I also said that everybody was going to be fueled up on Mountain Dew and <laughs> the Devil's Dandruff. This is going to be... <laughs> this, I really did do a, a, a... I feel, honestly, a really great job. I'm dying to hear what yours is. Um, let's. I'll let you go first, please. All right, you just want me to run through my whole list? Yeah, whole list. Go right. through everything. So Pre-showed my... it to the main event. All right, so my honorable mention slash uh, pre-show event is this sting and the great muda face off holy shit great muda's with noah but noah works with new japan even just a a backstage mm-hmm. like if sting was doing an interview and then all of a sudden they pan over kind of moment dude Oh, I'd mark out huge. Yep. You know that was my shit back in the day, those two. You throw flare in the mix, too. Wow. Yeah, okay. Man. So there's opportunity. I like it. All right. Uh, so I, and these are in no particular order. Uh, FTR sure. versus G.O.D. Okay. All right. Uh, next, this one's a little bit weird. It's the Best Friends and Rocky Romero versus Naito, Sonata, and Andrade. Ooh, it's not weird because of it's the uh, Los Angel Bernables. Yep, those guys. And <laughs> Aj. Um, I had thought about possibly putting Black uh, Pool Fight Club against Lij, but mm-hmm. yeah. All right, next. And again, man, this turned more into fantasy booking, but not necessarily because a lot of these are reasonable and some of them are likely. Um, next. Adam Cole versus Zack Sabre Jr. Nice. That's a good match. Next, which I think is very likely to happen, CM Punk versus Kenta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. I won't even lie. Yep. I have that on mine. There you go. Uh, next guy. Because, uh-huh. let's be honest. GTS. Did you see the tweet? Yes. Yeah. Well, not to mention the GTS bullshit talk for years now. I mean, we're talking almost decades of them arguing about who is the originator and everything. And, uh, and I think Kenta just put out a tweet saying he wants CM Punk at forbidden door. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I know. Listen, who wouldn't want CM Punk versus Okada, but, um, next I got hangman Adam page versus Will Ospreay. Hmm. Okay. I know it's hard to like Paige, but I think going up against Osprey would be big for him. I think that could be a big match. That could be like an Okada versus Marty Skrull. Has okay. that potential. Next, here's a weird one. The next two are kind of cruiserweight matches, but I think they've got a lot of potential. Uh, first one is El Desperado versus Sammy Guevara. Could be good. Yeah. And then next, which ties in with our news, Kushida versus Darby Allen. That so might as well just say it. Kushida left WWE yep. pretty quietly, but um, it was more shocking to me that he was still there. Right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, uh, but good, good, I, and I like that. That would be a great surprise. Yeah, and it'd be a solid match too. I think their styles would work. Their size is good. 
uh, you know, Darby's very death-defying because she does very uh, submission-based. Um, so I think that would be good. But uh, yeah, I, I really struggled. Uh, where I really struggled was, and why I went this route, was you've got, and which I don't even have in here, is is the Blackpool Fight Club. So, I mean, you could say another one for me would be, uh, you know what, I'm going to make this, I'm going to write it right down right now. Uh, Danielson versus Okada. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really the big one. I mean, it would make sense that they would do the Fight Club, but uh, it also, you know. Now, there's also been talk. I mean, so they could do a tag team. They could do Moxley and Yuta versus... Uh, fuck, I don't even know. Um, but, you know, and then you got Samoa Joe. He's already fought two New Japan guys in, like, the last couple weeks. Or he's going to be fighting. Uh, right. Yeah, so, like, I don't know where they would go with that. So, oh. Ooh, I'm putting this one on here, too. Man, see, I just needed to talk to you to get my mind going. <laughs> Jeff Cobb versus like Samoa. You said you did the prep work. Jeff Cobb oh, versus Samoa that'd Joe. That'd be a hoss match. That's, that's a hoss match if ever there was one. All right, so there's my card. All right. I like it. And with all due respect, step aside, kiddies. <laughs> <laughs> I fully expect it. No, here's the deal. Um, certain people are in certain places. This has some things to do with how the, uh, storylines are going on both ends. Okay. Makes now, sense. Now, look at, let's first talk about it. it. It opened up our show where you heard <laughs> not only the Buffalo chant. Thank you. Thank you, Buffalo, for taking <laughs> yes. over one go, of guys. the worst raw segments of all time. Way to represent. Uh, my buddy texted me and t- said he left at 9 15 oh god for a show that started at eight that bad and huh? i go bro i'm sorry i've been telling you for the longest time to watch aew i could have wish i could have told you how you could have spent your money man you know it's just ridiculous but anyway um but he did hear in our opener yeah we are you were taken over in the interview we're supposed to be tony khan all Adderalled up, which I love. Always has some great looking shirts. <laughs> and it's like the long sleeve version of the uh, Charlie Harper shirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, and the New Japan president. But then, boom, Adam Cole comes in and starts talking. But you also have Jay Lethal coming out talking and yeah, he see? talks about how it's the undisputed elite yep. and the bullet club so i'm taking a lot of that into consideration that's where I, all, yeah that's where i got man that's where my brain just started exploding and i'm like i'm just gonna write down names sure well a couple things first Undisputed Elite is probably one of the worst names I've ever heard in my life. It was like, well, I mean, we were undisputed over there. You guys were elite here. Hang on. Hang on. What if we merge them? What if we were the elite undisputed? No, 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 no. I got it. I don't think it's that bad. I do. Hey, man. I calls them like I sees them. All right. Um, Here we go. Pre-show is going to have two things, two matches. Well, now three, to be honest with you. I th- I, I'm stealing your mood of thing. No, two. <laughs> this is what I have written down. First will be Toru Yanu. Uh-oh. You know, he's the comedy 
gold of New Japan. Let's have a little bit of fun on the pre-show, get people going. Him versus Danhausen. Uh, I don't know if Danhausen's cleared yet. He looks pretty cleared because he's they've been doing a lot of push with him and uh, Hook. Hook, and he even took a bump or two the other day up against a wall and some stuff. So I think that we're getting there. All right. Yeah, maybe he's close. Maybe he's not. I don't know. <laughs> That's like the one I could guarantee that I could do for an, uh, impersonation. All right. And then this is not only AEW style, but this is also New Japan style. You have a big show. What are we going to do? Let's put together a battle royal. Oh, yeah. And this is where you will get some of your big face-offs, and we can have some future matches, like your Jeff Cobbs up against... Uh, Keith Lee, right? Some of those guys all meeting up. So this is the list that I have inside of the Battle Royal. And I'm going to save three very specific people for the end. But Lance Archer, who I'm calling right now, would win the whole thing. Worked for both companies. I think it would be just a nice push as well as something that he kind of needs. Orange Cassidy and his buddies, the best friends, Keith Lee, Starks, Hobbs, Swerve, The Gun Club, The Acclaimed, House of Black, Penta, Jeff Cobb, Great Ocon, El Phantasmo, Juice Robinson, Dave Finley, Men of the Year, and the last three that I have in here, FTR and Chris Jericho. Hmm. Here is why. FTR has been making their rounds and have pretty much wrestled everybody and anybody. I feel like if anybody doesn't need it at this exact moment, it's them. And there's opportunities. Plus, there's not that many great tag teams in uh, New Japan anymore like there were about maybe three, four years ago, personally. Right. There's. It's just, it's kind of, they've been mixing people together as opposed to having some solid tag teams. <clears throat> the only reason I didn't put them against G.O.D., which would have been a first choice, especially fantasy booking-wise, is because, storyline-wise, and, and both are face I, f- I just feel like how it's going, it just wouldn't mesh well. Could have been a good match. I th- I, it's still not out of the, the question. But now let's get into... And Jericho, I mentioned this to you in a text. Jericho has wrestled Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, Naito yeah. Sonata, and Evil, and let's not forget Kenny Omega. All in Japan. Mm-hmm. I see him stepping aside on this. Yeah. Let's hope so, anyway. Agreed. Now, my card is in order, okay? Of course it is. Of course it is, man. (laughs) I laminated this shit. (laughs) (laughs) All right, your opener. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Pac. That's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, fuck, I forgot Pac, yeah. Yup. All right, your second match. Now, one thing I said to you also in text is New Japan. Something they like to do. Tag matches. Yeah. Five, six men on a team, right? Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with doing it. Everybody has a match. It's still 20 minutes worth. Everybody's in there. Tells stories for each portion when guys don't want to tag in to fight another guy. Whatever. This is what I have. I have your Bullet Club. Jay White. Evil. The Young Bucks and the Good Brothers versus Sting, Darby Allen, Jurassic Express, and Christian. Uh, yeah. 
That would work. Because Bullet Club wants to come and run through, but you got your AEW diehards and Sting getting in there against some of these guys is great. Darby against Evil. You know, Good Brothers with Jurassic Express. Any one of them. It's going to be a good mix. Now, the next one is very specific as to why the G.O.D. is in this is having to do with storyline. They have aligned themselves with Hiroshi Tanahashi as of recent. And G.O.D. is, you know, as I said, they are faces. So, a perfect matchup would be G.O.D. and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Adam Cole and Red Dragon. Mm. Very nice. Following up that match, Will Ospreay versus Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I don't like it. I hope you're wrong. Well, <laughs> Sammy's got enough heat on him that I think it's gonna it would work. Yeah, okay. And then, all of a sudden, here comes MJF. No match. Just comes out to shit on everybody on New <laughs> Japan. This everything doesn't even need a match. Talks about the pig, whatever he wants. Wardlow. Now, in our next match is going to be a four versus four. You got Lij, which is good job. You oh, you were asking me. Yeah, what's Lij stand for? Oh, los. <laughs> Los Ingobernables de Japan. Them, which will be Naito, Hiromu Takahashi, uh-huh. Sanada, yeah. and Shingo Takagi uh-huh. versus AEW's Samoa Joe, Wardlow, Adam Page, and Hook. Oh, shit. Okay, that's an interesting one. If you hit that one, you fucking... Well, because it's all L.I.J., right? And Takahashi's a small Mm guy-ish compared to the rest of them, and I think Hook is right in there. Wardlow and Page could go with Takagi and Sonata, no problem. Right. Obviously, so can Joe, but you got Naito and Joe in the ring. Naito and Wardlow, all these opportunities. I wouldn't even care where things sprout off from. If we go with one-on-one matches, we may... Limit ourselves is what I'm thinking. Gotcha. Because then if a team loses, yeah, we fucking lost as a team. I don't care. That doesn't kill my record at all. Sure. This one. Now you thought about Blackpool Combat Club. Mm. And I'm there with you. I want to think about that as a group. But there's a man who is a part of both rosters. If you look them up. Two men. Who are part of both, both rosters. John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Oh. Now I did read a thing. Eddie said he is AEW till the day he's done. That's where he wants to stay. He found his place. This is this is what is what he worked for. I love that. Okay. Um I have Moxley and Kingston versus Tamahiro Ishii and Minaro Suzuki. Oh, there you go. You got a tag match and just a brawl. Mm. And then the last two matches are already called by you, which would be CM Punk versus Kenta. And then your main event match is Brian Danielson versus Kazuchika Okada. God, I hope we get now, that match. Now, Okada wins. That happens. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. And then 
in very AEW fashion. Lights go out, and we welcome back the cleaner. Oh, dude. Because even if he's 88% ready with his body, right, we can now set up for all out. Come to my territory. Come to America. Come over here, and let's see if I can beat you over here. Jesus. I like it. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that's all in. I mean, that's that's what you want for the main event right there. Because I agree with you. Even if he's a month away, two months away, you can start stoking the flames now. You don't have to do a promo yeah, on it every week. You know, come out in a suit. I don't even care if you just come out with the gray hair, the 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 big uh, Fu Manchu you had rocking for a little bit there. Don't care. <laughs> come God. out any way you want to with Don Callis. <laughs> You know, I don't think I ever mentioned that. Man, what a major kick in the dick. When we were at AEW Revolution during the pre-show and they teased uh, Kenny Omega and it was just callous. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I jumped up. I go, oh, my God, it's fucking Kenny Omega. And I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. I bet. <laughs> um, Like I said, it's a little AEW-esque uh, and it's AEW. I'm sorry. It's AEW-esque and it's also New Japan-esque with your tag team matches. You got your strong style. You got your big matches. I think this is kind of what the the event could look like. Again, this is just if I was to guess, looking at how both companies work. I didn't want to fantasy book it. I wanted to predict it. It's not a prediction, my man. It's a spoiler. <laughs> uh, now, I, yeah. I have one piece of news. I know how I if there's one thing I do remember about our news. Uh, document is because I had trouble debating what was more exciting. The merge for Forbidden Door, which I kind of like the name of the pay-per-view, I guess. It's okay. Was that more exciting? Or was it the news that they dropped right before that, that July 6th, AEW Dynamite is back in the ROC, baby. Oh, dude. So stoked. Uh, kids want to go too. I see. Uh, I, well, I see. There's another person that will be accompanying us or joining us. But um, hey, good time to give him his uh, medium shirt, right? Now it, we can all do this, you know. In even with the kids, we can do it. But here's my idea. No. <laughs> Don't say no. Don't say no. Again, we paint our bodies. We get some good tickets, man. If we paint our bodies on the front is AEW. One guy just has to remain the W. And then you turn and it's TOW. Uh I refer to you to my I, I refer you to my previous comment. Oh, the kids are gonna be there? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't painting my body, Jesus Christ, no. Why? multiple reasons i don't want my fucking bird-chested beer-bellied gut on tv you're really right yeah i know how about i get a t-shirt that has the letters on it wow why don't we just get a post-it and hopefully hopefully they zoom all the way in that's actually not a bad idea they make big ones all right dickhead get on with the rest of the news (laughs) okay you're upsetting me today (laughs) You're lucky I can't see you. <laughs> hey, what do you get when you antagonize Mike Tyson on a flight? <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke or uh, 
Real question. Well, we fucking know what happens. Dude, did you see... Dude, Champ still got it. Champ still <laughs> got it. <laughs> well, I... It's funny, you've seen the movie Hangover, right? Yeah. yeah. I can <laughs> feel it coming by. in the air. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> and after he knocks out Alan, Zach Galifianakis, yeah. uh, Ed Helms turns to Bradley Cooper and goes, the champ still has it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and he does. But here's the thing, man. People are like, oh, well, he was just an overly eager fan was trying to get a uh, an autograph look from the video i i saw how he was antagonizing from behind yeah yeah what the fuck do you get when you hold a a, a bleeding steak you know uncooked over a fucking water where sharks are what the fuck do you think is going to happen yeah yeah it was uh I, he deserved every bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. He's lucky that's but all that happened. The funny thing is, is that kid probably is looking at it as a payday. He did it purposely. Yep. Man, if I get my shit rocked by Mike Tyson, I could get millions of dollars. Yeah. Or even I'll famous. I'll be probably stupid in the head the rest of my life, but I could have money. Yeah. Well, apparently a rap sheet came out on this guy and he's been arrested for a bunch of shit and he was fucking hammered and he, and another thing came out that like he threw a water bottle at Mike Tyson or something that's when he beat the shit out of him so yeah yep. uh, this guy is not did you, of the most upstanding did caliber you, did you see where what they were on the way to do or where they were heading to or at least Mike Tyson no no bullshit like 12 hours later he was at a 420 convention with Ric Flair oh my god Jesus Christ Woo! That is. That's my man. <laughs> yeah, right. Damn. Mike didn't even care. He's like, I'll just roll a fatty. I'm fine. I was gonna say, yeah, dude. But those punches, man. That dude's lucky that uh, that's all that happened to him. Yep. And it's funny because someone put up a picture of Mike Tyson punching Shawn Michaels and how much it connected. Yeah. And it said, "Yo, this dude on the plane's doing this, and that was a worked punch." Yeah. Right. And it doesn't matter. That kid could have put his arms up, punching through. Uh, it only took one. It will break your wrist. You're dropping that, yeah. and your face is open. Yep. Yeah, dude. Moron. Yep. What a dick. Well, good for you, Tyson. <laughs> no, that dude bit someone's fucking ear off on yeah. live TV. He's literally like the baddest man on the, on the planet. You know? For real. Oh, I can't wait till we start getting into some of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, uh, HBK was actually really pissed off when Mike put the the T shirt over his face. He apparently was all wound up about that. Yeah, but what the fuck are you gonna do? Exactly. Are you actually gonna go and mouth off to Mike Tyson? Uh no. You can be mad, lose your smile, <laughs> sure. but that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as that one's going, buddy. All right, you ready for the next piece of news here? Yeah, man, I'm blind. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I can't see you. I can't see news. Blinded but I was there last week. Light. Uh, you put some other gay shit in here about Impact. Actually, you're not supposed to use that word. You need to edit that out. Uh, next we got Impact Slammiversary 2022. Will mark 20 Wait, years to. I'm the... sorry. Back up. What did you just say? <laughs> I totally missed that. You're gonna have to edit this whole part out. Nope, we're running with this. <laughs> did you just clap to market? 
Nope, nope, okay. not at all. Go. <laughs> all right. Impact Slam Anniversary 2022 will mark 20 years to the exact date of what I don't know because you wrote the notes. I'm guessing of when Impact started. Oh, no, of Slam of their exact starting. Uh, their very first show, it was on the exact same day that they're going to have Slam Anniversary. It just happens to be the 20 year exact anniversary of their very first show. Nice. And come on, man. I didn't think they were going to make it. I mean, we're talking five Dude. years before the pandemic. I was surprised that they were even still around. Right. So good for you guys. I'm actually very impressed. And they still are continuing to put on shows and create stars and wrestlers. I mean, guys that, I mean, Killer Cross was over there before he came to WWE's market. You know, a lot of the guys that have been going over there and coming back and forth. So it's good for them. I'm happy for them. So, uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, so how long do you think it's going to be before Jordan Grace wins the men's world title, impact title? If they put it on Tessa Blanchard, I mean, Jordan Grace is a fucking... I think they'll probably put it on Jordan Grace soon, within this year, and totally to completely erase the Tessa Blanchard blemish, considering she's kind of still blackballed from the wrestling community. Yeah. Jordan Grace already has been feuding with Matt Cardona in, in uh, intergender man- matches, so I see absolutely no problem with her winning the world title. Yep, absolutely. Looks like a star. Uh, yeah. well, speaking of the, other things. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the uh, reasons I'm happy to post to our Instagram page just so I can see her page. Um, Josh Alexander, speaking of the Impact World title, has regained the title for Moose. I uh, did that at Rebellion this past Saturday night. So, yeah. There you go. Good for you. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yep. Dude, he's ha- you want to talk about guys who have had a good couple of years. He is under the radar that people just don't talk about enough. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, a pure champion, an X-Division champion, and, you know, the guy wears the headgear. Yep. And it's not just because it just he's trying to play that persona. The guy is a wrestling beast. For Impact, put the championship on him and dethrone Moose, who... Got to be honest, Moose is probably having one of the best years of his entire career. I would I mean, say every, so. He's been calling Roman Reigns out yep. and everything. I wouldn't be surprised if Moose is on his way over to WWE, by the way. Yeah. But they're going to call him Elk. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking terrible, but I can't boo it. I'll, I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> you know you can't because it was fucking true. <laughs> there is a bit of truth there. There is a bit of truth there. Sadly, we'll call him the elk. <laughs> and then when and then when he gets too old, he'll have a, a talk show like Piper, but it'll be called the Elks Lodge. Oh my God, you're building out so much awesome shit right now. It's... Do you have your Elks membership before you come in the ring? <laughs> oh my God, you know, much like my Forbidden Door, uh match card that i made mm. i'm sad this isn't gonna happen yeah, i know <laughs> right all right there... yo if we ever get the elks lodge <laughs> this is exactly what happens uh it'd be great it'd be terrible but it'd be great um there <sighs> there's one more piece of news in here something about shingo takagi and uh tai chi yes so now king of pro wrestling is a trophy that has been awarded over the last several years after you win a battle royal, 
and then there is a four-man match, and then you go on into a tournament. It's, it's long, whatever. Last several years has had your champion of Toru Yano. And you're like, okay, that's like Santino Morello winning. This <laughs> yeah, right. Cup. New Japan decided this year we're going to up the game, and we're going to make it a little bit different. Make the match a different style match, and... Both men threw out ideas, so the company threw out ideas to see what the fans would want, and it was actually voted on a 30-point match, or what is a 30-pin match, and I will explain. Every time you go for a pin, the one, the two, the three, all of it, it counts. If you get a three count on someone, doesn't mean the match is over. You have to get to 30 points. Oh, shit. And what seems like it's like, oh, it's kind of weird. Well, what about a four count, right? Sometimes your finisher goes long enough. Well, let me explain the ending of this match. Tai Chi was up 29 to 24 over Shingo Takagi. Takagi hits his finisher. Awesome looking, too, by the way and gets a six-count pin for the win. Dope. It was awesome. I've never seen anything like this. Um, I hope they do more of these. It was just a very cool concept. I wish I had known a little more about it in advance. But just a different kind of point system. I mean, eight, or, I'm sorry, not AEW. We're so used to talking about them. New Japan is very common to do different types of tournaments they do round robin they do their world cup they took this match and instead of a two out of three falls or an iron man match they kind of made it all in one with a, a point system just something very different so wanted to throw that into the news yeah i was just gonna say it sounds like a like a last standing you know, last man standing or iron man match uh just a different approach to it yeah man uh yeah that's actually not bad i'd like to see that you got to get the right people Right. You know, I don't necessarily yep. want to see Okada and Danielson do that. You know, I I, I feel like you got to find the right people for that. Uh, and Tai Chi and Takagi. This is your Wardlow is Wardlow's and Jeff Cobbs against each other. Yeah, your Haas matches. And I like that he won with a six count, too, because that, you know, really puts by the time you got there, everybody's exhausted. It's easier to get that count, but you still got to hit him with something good. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there. I, I really like that. Very interesting concept. I, I thought it was really cool. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, the rules may have been something to the effect of you have to get a one count, you have to get a two, and then a three, and then all your counts will count from there or something. Ah. Like that but either way, it was, or like if you get a one count, that was your one. Okay, now all your ones will count from here on out or right. whatever. But either way, cool concept. It's a new twist to wrestling. I mean, I can't complain. You know, it's what makes sports fun. That made that a fun match to see. Absolutely, it sounds amazing. All right, I might actually have to go check that out. How long? About how long was the match? Like forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. If you're so a New Japan match. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah, that's pretty standard. All right, not bad. I like it. Yeah. All right, let's talk AEW. Let us. CM Punk and Dustin Rhodes. Is that not like the definition of the match you didn't know you needed to see? It was good. I. Uh... Couple of flubs because sure. it's just 
two men in their 40s working some shit out or 40 and 50. Yeah. And listen, let's not be honest. The fact that Dustin's still going at the pace that he's going is pretty fucking amazing. I'm a very big fan of Dustin. I always have been. Hell yeah. Um, And the fact that he... I I was so excited back in 2013 when he was coming back and and working with Cody as a tag team uh, partner. Right. Then I was... They never... static when he had the double or nothing match in 2019 yep the fact that we're still talking about dustin rose to this moment mm-hmm. i love it yep absolutely and dude let's not forget his tag team with uh our truth oh yeah let's not or even with uh booker <laughs> t you know what sucker that's oh, all i got geez. all right yeah there we go well i, I guess uh, you know as you know the match was what it was but ultimately what we did get was a little uh, stare down post match with Adam Page and CM Punk. So it seems that that is the route we were going. We kind of figured it was. I know I was talking about Joe getting involved in the mix, but uh, this is likely where we're heading. Uh, obviously, you know, neither of us are really v- very fond of Adam Page, especially nowadays, certainly less than we were previously. Um, but let's let's see what they do with it. It has potential. I mean, I hate to say this, man, but if they have the match, Punk has to win. This isn't and this isn't the matter. That's of, why yeah. I have Adam Page where I have him sure. in the card mm-hmm. for Forbidden Door because Forbidden Door is a month later. Right. I have Punk dethroning and becoming the new champion right, right there because then when he goes against Kenta, your final two matches of the evening one is the guy that holds the AEW title the other one is the guy that holds the IWGP heavyweight title there you go and you don't want to put them up against each other thank you and that was another thing I wanted to say it's in Chicago yeah great idea for punk cool but how do you have him lose in Chicago and wrestling wise Okada is light years ahead of CM Punk. Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. I still can't get it right. Yeah, I know. Brian Danielson will be a much better matchup to Okada. Mm. Sammy Guevara would be a better matchup to Okada than CM Punk right now. Yeah, I could see that. I think CM Punk, what he was doing with Dustin Rose, that's CM Punk. He's a he's your Randy Orton. He, he's not a fast paced uh wrestler. He's a slow methodical wrestler and that's i'm good with that yep yep all right uh next uh you know and i gotta apologize kayfabe pal uh you know i looked at the professor you know specifically this week and other weeks not to kind of fill in the gaps because i've already told my story about not getting to see dynamite this week so anyway next we get kylo riley defeating jungle boy in the owen hart foundation tournament uh why don't you tell us <laughs> about what was going Yo. on with jr during that match JR, he's a fucking... He, he's, he's another a, national uh, treasure. He's another national treasure. He is. Um, we already made fun of the Jungle Boy thing. The Jungle Boy Jack Perry. <laughs> I mean, within seconds. It was the first thing out of his mouth. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. <laughs> but then, bro, I don't know about you, all right? But there's certain things that pop in your head, like a song, a jingle, whatever. Sure. Sometimes it doesn't be said. And JR with Kyle O'Reilly, he does like some running truck. And he goes, Oh, 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 O'Reilly. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Auto parts? 
Yes, 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 obviously. That's what he went with. And I was like, are you serious? I mean. Oh, come on. Uh, he's just, he's hes getting better. At least he's calling people by the right name. My, and it's not WWE Dynamite. My favorite my favorite is the one that you pointed out. <laughs> I hope we can find it someday. I gotta find out what episode it's from. We could go. He sneezed. He goes, I- I'm sorry, I sneezed. I had to. <laughs> I had to, folks. It happens. <laughs> that was one of the funny. Yeah. <laughs> he got so mad. It's like. Have you ever watched your dog sneeze and they do it oh, funny and then when you laugh at them, they get really mad at you? Yeah. I mimic them to get That is to exactly what happened with JR. He goes, I, st- I had to, all right? Like, he got real mad about it. It was probably Shivani looking at him like, dude, hit the fucking cough button. Oh, God. Yeah, all right. What else happened on Dynamite? Okay. Uh, we had Wardlow defeating the Butcher. Uh, you know, We've said we don't need to beat it to death. What they're doing with Wardlow? The dude's over as fuck. Keep pushing this dude. Uh, let's get him better on the mic and, and let's give this guy a push. He deserves it. You know? And I like that he switched because you remember he used to do the F10 as his finisher, which was just the F5, but he'd spin around right. a couple times. Now he's doing the power bomb. Love it. Great decision. Uh, MJF, who is still has so much road ahead of him, is already putting over Wardlow. It's fantastic. It's great to see. Uh, next we have the Blackpool Combat Club defeating Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson. A little squash there. Uh, we get another hook squash. Uh, we get Danhausen post match. Uh, what they've been doing with him and Hook is great because Hook is so Hook said like three words I think so far since he's been on TV, and I think most of them he have almost broke. Yeah, yeah, he almost broke in this segment, man. Dude. Because Danhausen put his finger on him and he looks up at the camera, he almost broke character, and I was like, "Oh, oh!" And the and finally they played his music and he got out of there. Yeah, it's it's it, it's silly. I, I, see, and here's one of the things: like we shit on Orange Cassidy, but I like Orange Cassidy sometimes. Sometimes it just hits me right. Danhausen's a complete gimmick. But I like it. I yeah. think it's fucking hilarious. He's he's not going to be winning any titles. He doesn't need to. Just let him be the clown. It's it's funny. I like it. It, it. it appeals to the kids that it's the the fun side, but you still have the grown-ups wrestling that we want. Yeah. Well, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Anyway. <laughs> Come on. We spent 15 minutes laughing about the Elks Lodge. And you're going to boo that. That was awesome, dude. I'm over here drawing up pictures and ideas. Uh, next, we get Britt Baker advancing to the Owen Hart uh, Foundation tournament. Uh, that's going to be in Pittsburgh, obviously. Britsburg, as she calls it. Well, she won in, in Pittsburgh and had the uh, a couple of Steelers with her in the, in the ring as she... Did a oh, her lock jaw this time was I'm sorry I sneezed I had to. <laughs> Brett, her lock jaw glove this week was the Pittsburgh Steelers glove that she had received from earlier in the day mm. after meeting 
Omar Epps, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jesus fucking Christ. Mike Tomlinson? Yeah. <laughs> he does kind of look like Omar Epps. I'm not, it's not even a bad call. Not even kind of, dude. <laughs> not even kind of. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I need Mike Tomlinson to do like a giant sex scandal or a murder trial or something big so that <laughs> Omar Epps has a reason to play. Wasn't in, he in, in what, life. Didn't he have a cameo in Don't Be a Menace? Oh my God, he did his. Uh, he was going to one college. going back to school. It was from uh... yeah. <laughs> higher learning. Stay up, player. Oh you know God. it. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Michael Rappaport lookalike on the top of the building. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. I don't even know how we even got here. I, All right, yeah, AEW. I don't either. Back to AEW. Yeah, Adam Cole breaks in for the announcement of the Forbidden Door pay-per-view. Uh, House of Black promo. They're planning to attack next week. Um, and then here's one where, again, I've got to show my ignorance. And as a, let's go backstage to Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. SCU. So, okay. A couple of things. First, I can't remember who pointed out. I actually may give this one to Little John. This was uh, House of Black had did a promo, and then we've been getting a lot of Blackpool Combat Club squashes. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it be great if after this week, let's say tonight, you have another uh, BCC squash, lights go out and House of Black shows up, and that's your new feud. Oh, there you go. Just something, because Buddy Murphy and Wheeler Utica face off, and... You know, you have everything else. There's a lot you can do. So, here's how you fuck up TV. You ready? <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Backstage, we have Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. And then you have an announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Frankie Kazarian. Look at, you know, the TNT title. And then all of a sudden, Scorpio walks over and he goes, <laughs> What are you doing here? And I go, Oh! Oh, oh, an interview that was given away by accident the wrong way. <clears throat> that just goes to tell you how much we need to stop doing these interrupted interviews. Yeah. They're just starting to look like two-man interviews almost every time. Yeah, that's no good. Horrible. Oopsie. Yeah, and then Sammy and Ty Conti come out, and they do their weekly tongue bashing in the in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Well. Look. It's the new Cody and Brandy. They are, I'm right? not going to lie. Yeah, they're healed now. Not only not only is it the heat, it's also they were like, oh, well, Dan, everything, Dan Lambert, everything that you were saying to Brandy, can you just shift over to Ty? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I have a whole, I had books on Brandy, but it'll be fine. I guess switch her name out. It's good. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. You nailed it. Ty plays better. Ty plays a little bit better than Brandy does, at least. Yeah. Um. But... They Oscar slash Grammy music off Sammy Guevara this week on the mic. They were running out of time. They jam packed that show way too much. Right. With all of those matches that Scorpio goes, I want a match against you for that TNT title one more time. Sammy goes, All right, you want it? You got it. The music starts playing. He goes, Next week it's me and you in a ladder match. What? Like it was just like real quick, bam! Yeah, he just yeah, threw yeah. it in there as the music was already playing, <sighs> and it, like it like fell so under the radar. Then this is where it gets 
so exciting. You know that our main event match is going to be Darby Allen and Andrade in a coffin match. But Excalibur has to make sure you know everything that's happening this week on Rampage, next week on Dynamite, and even maybe next week's Rampage and the next four or five weeks worth of shit because he starts going. And I'm just going to spitball random whatever, but as best I can go. This week's we got Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. Knows a lot of ringside. We also got Penta versus Pack. We also got blah, 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 blah. But also don't forget next week on Dynamite, we're going to have blah, 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 blah. Yeah, CM Punk saying anything. He was going through way too fast, and I go, you know what? That right there is 100% the reason you shouldn't have jam-packed the show too much. You guys went way too much. Right. And then during the middle of the Derby match, he goes, I know I sped it out a little faster earlier, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, next week, we're going to have... I go, oh my God, now you're going back to it? Jesus. Then that was just a waste of time. It was just... It was a really odd, rushed, put-together show. <clears throat> yeah, they got a... Yeah, they, we, we've said it before. They're not perfect. They've got some things they got to change. That's one of them. But the last, like, several segments killed me. Let's see Frankie and Scorpio Sky. I go, oh, shit, is SCU back together? <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Let's no, have an interruption bricked. first. They just bricked. Yep. And then you had the Ty Conti, Dan Lambert, all that bullshit interview where everybody, it, it, it's legitimately cut copy-paste from the Cody Rose, Brandy Rose thing. And then they were running out of time. And then I felt like they even bum-rushed the coffin match a little bit. Right. I don't know. It, it was all right. But best part of the coffin match. So Darby Allen takes the win. Did you see what Sting did? God, I love Sting. I do. So this is fantastic. I've only seen him do this a couple of times. We even have seen him do it in the Monday Night Wars. Andrade's henchmen we'll call him uh isaiah cassidy as well as the blade because butcher fought earlier in the night right came down and just started beating the living piss out of darby and i'm like okay so hardy's let's go no no one no one they just didn't do anything i was like well, that's weird andrade throws darby into the crowd hops into the crowd and as isaiah cassidy is standing there this fan holding up a sign that says let's go Darby and wearing a sting mask puts the sign down takes the mask off and it's sting <laughs> hey hey some things some things still are relevant <laughs> 30 years later oh my god later. and then and, and then he does his weekly dive off a balcony onto four or five guys god bless sting I honestly man I've never been this happy to watch sting wrestle probably since like the monday night wars time like this i haven't seen it like impact i was like eh, all right and this wwe stuff we don't even have to get started but nope. this i was like god i just love this and when he popped up i go oh oh that was awesome i didn't expect that to be him it was so cool yeah yeah it's fucking it's just so good um yeah i was gonna go on a rant about so sting. what's going on on uh, rampage well, I was going to say, eh, it rampage. I mean, we, it, oh, no, oh, Jay Cargill. That's right. Cut the shit, Tony. She got win number 30, <laughs> and Eddie Kingston got his win. Uh, but I, also, Adam Cole defeated Tomohiro Ishii in the uh, Owen Hart Ohoft tournament. Oft. All right. What What's going on tonight on Dynamite? Anything out there? Uh, Dynamite next week? Uh, well, we got another off. Tonight. 
Oh, tonight? Yes, tonight. You know what I mean. Oft. We've got another oft match. And uh, I don't know that I like this. I do. Because it's just, it's the tournament. You don't expect either of these guys to win. But I just don't know, like, what you're hoping to achieve here. Uh, it's going to be Cash Wheeler versus Dax Harwood. Kind of like Owen versus Bulldog. Yeah, then you leave a vacancy, or do you fill that vacancy, or do you just give a pass to whoever was going to face that winner? Eh, it's wrestling. doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> look at man. It, it, I read an interview that Harwood said they went to Tony and convinced him for this match. Yeah, I could see that. Because they, they are personal. It's personal and professional for them. Sure. You know. It's not just that they were big fans of the Hart Foundation. They've met, they've been mentored by Brett. Right. And let's not forget uh, Cash Wheeler's amazing uppercut. WrestleMania 35 oh, weekend to the guy that tackled Brett. He cold cocked that guy. While wearing a Hart Foundation jacket, I may add. There you go. That was the best part, is that they were wearing Hart Foundation jackets because it was about the Hart Foundation tag team going into... The Hall of Fame. And that, oh, such a good heart. Yeah, anyway, so uh, yeah. I think this match will either go draw. I think we're going to get a classic match. Something to the extent of either it's, it'll be a draw or one of them will just win and they're going to shake hands. And it, it, from what Harwood said, he's, they've always wanted to have a match against each other, but it never, they didn't want it to just be for nothing. Like on Raw, like they were just thrown into it because the GM said so. He wanted it to be of meaning, of substance for something. And this is it. Yeah, I, I it, it it's I think you're I think you nailed it. Uh these guys probably, you know, they I'm sure they roll together all the time, you know, like when they're practicing or or uh training. Uh but to get something yeah. on TV like this where it's not a it's not a split or anything like that, it's just hey, best man wins and they and they draw. I I like it. I typically they don't like a draw like that cuz to me for the tournament's sake it can it can come off as lazy booking, but uh, yeah, I think this. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. We will get an old school fucking one on one match with these guys. Should be good. Or we can extend a feud where right now Kyle O'Reilly is already in the tournament. He won. Mm-hmm. What if Red Dragon just bum rushes the ring when there's only so much time left? It seems like it's about to be a draw, and they do the countdown right or whatever. Yeah, Red Dragon hits a ring and hits both guys at the same time, matches a squash, and then maybe they'll fill the vacancy another way or whatever. But at least it was a competitive match in the nature of and in honor of Owen Hart. There you go, and uh, yeah, and then maybe you have those two feud. Whoever wins gets the shot at the AEW tag titles. I'm excited for this. I think it's going to be a good match. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, the only other thing that we know of right now is Undisputed Elite uh, is taking on, as you put it, five guys, not the burger place. <clears throat> um, your Dante Martins, uh, your Lee Moriarty's, et cetera, et cetera. I see what you do. <laughs> you like that, don't you, bitch? So, yeah, there's AEW. So, yeah, and they even said, they're like, next week we'll take on five guys from here, or five guys from here, and we will uh, – just prove how elite and undisputed we are. And they named it later. And it was just like a bunch of guys thrown together. And it was funny to me. Cause I was like, they keep putting Dante with all these other guys. What happened? Oh, Darius is injured again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, 
Uh, well, if memory serves, if my mental doc was right, let's bring something to the table. Just bring it, bitch! Oh my god! You am are right, correct. Right, right. You are right. correct, sir. <laughs> oh man! So let's see. What uh, you want me to go first this week? Uh, yeah, you go ahead and you go first. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. I think I brought this up before. It may have even been a bring it to the table, possibly, but it's kind of making me think about you know the words that are a part of this one video. It's like twenty minutes long. And it's called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. About a 20-minute video in... It's a mockumentary of Triple H's career. And it's made by Max Landis, and it's tremendous. But one thing he says in there that is so very specific. For WWE, is that, you know, you have the difference of sports entertainers and wrestlers... People hate on WWE because of their storylines, the things they do. My buddy Joe going to WWE and getting mad that it was, he goes, there was just nothing but talking. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have been shocked. Like, I would have been going there mainly seeing more of that than wrestling. Yeah, 100% right. for a Raw. Um, but one thing he said is WWE Raw, as he specifically says, Max Landis says, it's is a show about a wrestling show. And that's what it is, guys. That's what WWE is. It's a show about wrestling. Yeah. Getting upset at every dumb storyline, you're going to go gray for no reason, man. You could just laugh it off and just find other things to like. But in the same sense, if you are a hardcore WWE guy and you love that sports entertaining factor, be a little more lenient to understanding that WWE all came from wrestling before Vince McMahon bought everybody out and Vince senior was around and all the different territories were around wrestling was an actual thing. <laughs> and it's what people are trying to get back to with AEW in places like that. So I think we all just need to get along. That's all I want to say. As good as it That's gets. Your, uh, loving message of the week from the professor. There you go. All right. Hey, Professor. Hey. You know what really grinds my gears? You s- Fuck you! Marty! You've got to come back with me! Where? Back to the future! Wait a minute, Doc. Well, what are you talking about? What happens to us in the future? What, do we become assholes or something? Give me a hell yeah! Brother Davey! Is there anything you'd like to pray for? I'd like to pray for you, Brett, and hope you get better. Brother Owen, please enlighten us to your prayer. I want everybody out here to please, please pray for my brother Brett and help him heal. Wait a minute, what's that? And also, we're all decent human beings. You want it? You got it. You want me to get crazy? I'll get crazy. Sitting here apologizing. For what? We're gonna have to fight three guys? Three guys gonna kill me? I'm a gang member, baby. Remember that? 
please, please pray for my brother, Brad. He needs your sympathy. He needs your support. God, there's so many things to unravel in this exact episode of Raw. But I think uh, we could also pretty much sum it up with, uh, you could do a lot of things on this show. But if you say that you're from the hood, Vince is not on board. Nope, nope. Got that. We're done. We're done. We're not talking. I was like, what? Yeah, that's why that was our two sound bits. All right, ODM, what happened? Oh, we're April 28th, 1997. Today, or uh, this week, I should say, in praying with Pillman. Oh, no, wait, this is Monday Night Raw. Never mind. Um, the episode opens with a recap of Austin and Brett, all the promos, the match that they had the previous week. And uh, the show truly opens with Brian Pillman coming to the ring. Oh, man, talk about WWFing of somebody. Uh, Pillman is asking the crowd to join him in prayer, and he prays uh, for Brett and a speedy recovery. He prays for the people who enjoyed Brett getting beat down like that, and he prays for the complete annihilation of Austin. Austin interrupts on the Tron, says, You better pray I don't come out there and beat the hell out of you. Natural. Goes good. Uh, We see Austin walk off camera, and uh, Pillman says, An eye for an eye, and turn the other cheek, shows his ass towards the entrance. We hear the glass break. Austin comes to the ring. Uh, Bulldog and Owen are there behind him, and Austin's able to evade him uh, and goes into the crowd. Uh, then we get a, a three-person prayer, a little prayer circle going. That was kind of cringy. Uh, we see Austin in the back. That was quite awesome. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Mr. I'm going to blow through all the best parts. Wait a uh, minute. Well, it's hard because I can't see you. <laughs> I understand that, but I'm, I, I, I'm not... You should know that you're blowing through the best part. This is, remember last week I said this is going to be some of the best acting out of Owen and Davey. Oh, God. And I just want to say, for my loving brother, Brett. Oh, wow, that was not British in any way possible. Whatever that was, that was supposed to be Davey. Um, And I already did my Owen, please, please. And then you got, but then you got Pillman's brother, Davey. Brother, Dan, uh, brother Owen, I it's it was awesome, dude. This entire episode, you know, I can't let you blow through some of this because this whole show listen, leads into a lot of good stuff. Yeah, man. I, I didn't oh, go ahead. listen. I didn't write down every single word that was said. I, yes, they they all. I said the three person prayer circle. What I will say is that uh, the payoff at the end for all of this is something that I'm familiar with, but forgot all about, and it's and it okay. definitely makes it worth but, it. So anyway, and that's fine, but you're like, yeah, but I mean, I, I didn't go word for word what they said and I got to be an asshole to you. But when the outsiders beat the living piss out of the WCW and they threw Ray against the, uh, the lawn dart. Yeah. And then he also had woman crying very hysterically. Mm -hmm. The cops are called They had three segments, right? Did you go? So for the next three segments, there was cops called No. on to the next segment. Um, come on. Hey, so I've got, all right. You chime in when you feel I, uh, put a little love in this. This is my favorite era. That's all I'm saying. A little finesse. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, during uh, the prayer circle where, where you so eloquently elaborated on uh, the speech and the prayer, 
Uh, we see. I didn't need you to say the speeches. I just wanted you to mention what they were doing. Austin in prayer for Brett. Austin is randomly in what looks to be the electrical room, and I thought he was going to try to cut the power or do something. No, he decides to find an axe handle. Okay, I mean, you know, that works. Um, then his Austin's music hits again, and they stay in the middle of the ring, kneeling, holding hands, praying, and then they powder as soon as Austin gets to the ring. Um, Vince does announce that Brett's going to be in the building later tonight. Uh, and we've got a couple matches tonight. Owen uh, versus Rocky Maivia for the Intercontinental Championship and Taker versus Bulldog in a non-title match. Uh, we come back from the break, and this is where I'm going to let you elaborate because I kept it simple here. Back from the break, and Pillman is backstage still praying. No, that's it. That's enough. That's it. Oh, well, I'll just say that he's backstage praying, but he prays for each man as they head into their match. So Davey, he prays for. He prays for Owen in before each of their matches. When And when he's praying for Owen, he's holding both of the slammies. In yes, that's right. Praying for him. It was just, it was I just, think that you was know, later. Again, we're only, we're all very used to, I mean, and don't, I'm not, and I know I was fucking with you a minute ago about you skipping over things, but we're also very used to just remembering that Pillman is a part of the Heart Foundation, but a very pivotal thing. This is not being said that he's a part of it, but all of right. a sudden he's aligning himself and praying and we're praying for the bad guy, but uh, you're not a heart brother though. So what do you have to do with this? And like you said, the payoff. So it's just, this is all the entire episode. I forgot all of this happened all in one episode. That's how awesome this fucking episode is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's more to come. Uh, what happened next wasn't really exactly uh, awesome. Uh, Flash Funk versus Rockabilly. Um, we see during the match, Brett's in the back of an ambulance being guarded by security. Um, honky tonk man goes to interfere, but it backfires flash wins. Uh, and afterwards, rockabilly hits flash with the guitar. Uh, then they, they showed Brett in the, uh, in the ambulance backstage. It was lowering real slower. He's like, I'm disabled. <laughs> I swear to God, it was the first thing out of my head. As soon as I saw it, I go, Oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh boy. Do you know Stolen. they they, they kind of exposed the business here a little bit with this one because all the baby powder that they had in the guitar came pouring out into the mat after he broke it. I'm guessing oh, they yeah. did that just to, so it gets a bigger poof when it breaks, makes it looks like it's shattering more. Um but yeah, it was pouring all over the mat, but you know, we know it, it was the equivalence of when Shane hit the table outside and you saw his body slowly deflate with the <laughs> uh, the big mattress that was below it. Right. It would have been great if he bounced off that fucker. Uh, all right. Uh, so next uh, we get a shot on the trial. It's Bart, uh, Bart. Brett getting wheeled to the ring by uh, Owen and Bulldog. Uh, we also got Mon- Monsoon and security escorting him. Uh, he's got like a little pack around his knee. Uh, he just had surgery. Uh, they showed him scoping. Uh his knee in the next segment uh, where we have Vincent ring uh, talking about the consequences of the street fight from last week. Brett had to have surgery. Uh, I think surgery seems a little overblown. I, I don't, I don't know how much is kayfabe or not, but uh, the, the footage that they showed was of a scope. They were just cleaning out the knee. So it wasn't necessarily surgery. I mean, I guess it's still technically surgery, but it's not like, you know, it's a scope. It's not that big of a deal. So that's a, 
There's a procedure. This week, this week we have a procedure. There you go. Um, so we get Brett Bulldog and Owen head to the ramp. Brett gets on the mic. And um, I mean, I guess right about now is where that new drop's going to go in. All the, I'm disabled. Oh, no, you mean this. <laughs> you know what? You are nothing but a dirty, stinking, low-down hyena. <laughs> I can't even do it. How how are you disabled? Leg disabled. <laughs> Where's your wheelchair? Stolen. Stolen. <laughs> well, how did they oh, get in? All right. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, we're off the rails. And no one even knows it always what happens. About. It always um, happens during Monday Night Wars. It does. So you're right. He, he he goes in with the hyena thing. It's every week. It, I, I absolutely love this. Um, now I'm just curious: Have they already shown the shot of Austin backstage yet? No. Oh, okay. No. All right. I can't wait for that. No. Yes. They. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. He already got the. He was backstage earlier to get the axe handle, but there's more backstage footage of Austin throughout this, and I know what you're talking about. No, we're not there yet. <laughs> so please go on uh next you fucking nailed it man uh we get footage of one of the godwins breaking his neck from a doomsday device and it happened on i think it was like a shotgun Saturday i night. believe you are correct yes so i was five days off yeah because when i pointed out on the or maybe it was like two weeks one two weeks off or whatever it was you know from when we originally talked about it it's like didn't he break his neck and yep that was it yeah, he landed right on the side of his heed. <laughs> it's it's one of those things though. Is big ass meaty neck. Yeah, right. What helped him exactly. Uh, all right, so next we get uh, Legion of Doom versus Furnace and Lafon. Uh, this was something that I thought was hilarious, and maybe it's something that happened a lot more than I realized, and I just never realized it. But Vince actually called them the Road Warriors. Did they refer to him as the Road Warriors a lot? And I'm just not paying attention. They would say they're the Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. Okay, because Vince just straight up said Road Warriors. So, okay, that's not that big of a deal. Um, it's a small nod. Not big, but a small one. Sure. Um, yeah, there's a pre-tape of Furnace and Lafon. Uh, they're basically cutting a promo because Vince is asking him, hey, you don't really seem to be being accepted by the fans, which is fucking true. Uh, they talk shit on Legion of Doom. Uh, Legion of Doom win quick. Uh, and we get JR in the ring with Furnace and Lafon post-match. They want a rematch. They're apparently healed now. Oh, man, the bumper. <coughs> I'm sorry, I sneezed. I had to. That's the second fucking time today. <laughs> we might get a hat trick with this one. <laughs> God damn it. I'm sorry. Fucking Monday night. <laughs> uh, next, we get a, a recap from Shotgun Saturday. It was Sunny Undercover. Um, and it was basically Sonny at the top of the ramp in a prop bed and the headbangers joiner. Okay. You know, you know, things that you could watch for the last five years on the internet. Okay. Next, one of my favorite segments of the night, uh, probably the clip that you were referring to. We see Ahmed Johnson backstage stroking his beard or his goatee being asked about him entering the Sultan. And uh, the only thing that I wrote, these are my notes. 
Two of them. One, he apparently forgot his Prozac again. And two, he's apparently a gang member. Yep. (laughs) And that is right there where Vince is like, I'm going to draw the line. You can get called Uncle Tom. You, we can call gold dust everything but straight. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Everything that they've done. I mean, the, the amount of things that we've covered in just this year alone for the Monday Night Wars. Then he goes, you got to remember, I'm a gang member. That's enough <laughs> from you. That's enough. <laughs> Cut it. Now let's show you Shawn Michaels' dick. <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh, I loved it. I popped for that one. That was great. Because the first thing I thought it was, oh, he forgot to take his Prozac again. Um, yeah, it was no, it was, it was very Prozac-less uh, of, of an interview. <laughs> I like it. It was good. Uh, and we see, oh, the hearts backstage, they're huddling and still praying. Uh, and this is where I, we see Pillman holding the slammies. Fucking great. Uh, let's see. Next. Okay. We get Owen Hart versus Rocky Maivia for the IC title. Uh, Owen cuts a promo, says he's going to win it for his brother, Brett. They show the recent cover of the WWF magazine, which it's Brett and Bart Simpson on the cover. Bart Simpson dressed up as the hitman. Pretty cool. Uh, Also an article in there about Rocky Maivia and his uh, recent rise to fame. And it was great to see these two wrestle. You know, it's another one where you're like, wow, these two actually did wrestle each other. Yeah. The ending was so flat. Did you feel that way? The way the match ended was kind of flat. I like an out of nowhere pin. I, I'm never going to be upset with that. Yeah. Uh, well, Owen won with uh, it was a really weird roll up. It was a, a unique one. You know, one you'd expect from Owen. Uh, it's Owen's first IC title reign. Uh, and we honestly, we know who we know where it goes from here. Uh, the cool thing was he goes up to the ramp and immediately gives it right to Brett. Uh, and Brett's sitting in there, uh, you know, with all the titles, he's got both tag titles. He's got the European title. And now he has the IC title. Pretty fucking cool. Uh, you want to talk, talk about and, the belt collector, you know? And he <sighs> special moment, man. Oh, absolutely. It's real. Yeah. Watch him just looking at all. Yep. Oh, it was fucking fantastic. He, Oh my god, he was proud of his brother, man. It was cool. Davy. Davy was great. <laughs> he was you don't Davey see Davy that snorted the Prozac that Ahmed <laughs> didn't use. Because while Brett is in a wheelchair, <clears throat> he leans him back and does a spin in a circle. And Brett yells out, I'm disabled. <laughs> No, but for real, he does a spin, and I'm like, oh, my God. And, you know, Davey was known to botch wrestling moves. You're not exactly a uh, wheelchair pusher on a consi- on a consistent basis. I'm kind of worried right yeah, now. Yeah, right. And especially be. on a, a metal ramp. But, no, it was uh, it was a cool moment. I remember it, and I, I I was happy for it at that point. And I, as soon as they announced that this was the match, I go, shit, it's night to own wins a belt. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. I definitely was a good movement. Uh, but the segment's not over. As we see everybody celebrating, we go to the backstage. And Austin's in a wheelchair. Just wheeling himself <laughs> through the concourse with the axe handle in his lap. Just wheeling himself through the concourse. And then we go to break. 
<laughs> I'll come right back from the break. What happened after break? Well, it's hour two, and we get Austin in the crowd heading to the ring, uh, and he has the wheelchair and axe handle in hand. Sets up the wheelchair in the middle of the ring, sits in it, and says, who wants to see a wheelchair match? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. How in the balls did the WWF not book this at that time? <laughs> like, the amount of stupid shit that you have done throughout the years. Yep. And here's why I say that. Back then, you know, then, now, forever. Yeah. <laughs> Always a fantasy booker. Yeah, right. Back then, I had the next pay-per-view in my own head. A fucking wheelchair match between Bret Hart and Steve Austin. I mean, we should be glad that it we would have been great. Yeah, we should be glad we didn't get that. It probably would have been a knock on like they people would probably would have been offended like wheelchair basketball participants. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Uh, he gets a promo on his title match with Undertaker. Uh, we see Bret on the tron again, saying, "Austin, you're you know I rode in the ambulance last week. You're going to be riding in it tonight." Uh, Hi, yeah. <laughs> we see uh we get vader backstage i oh, get a recap of his incident in kuwait vince uh reiterates that the, his actions do not represent that of the united states or the wwf and next we get a, a can Sh- a ken shamrock video package which was fucking hilarious it was every type of cheese it looked like it belonged in a rocky movie do you agree <laughs> it was it was very uh 80s stallone-esque yep very good, very good indeed. Uh, so uh, next we get Jesse James versus Vader. Uh, JR is, is I don't want to say healing it up. That wouldn't be the right way to say it. But JR is definitely putting down Vader. Doesn't like him. He's a bully, this and that. Uh, and then says, yeah, it doesn't look like he lost any weight while he was stuck in Kuwait. <laughs> I liked this JR tonight. <laughs> Uh, Vader uh, hits a splash, gets a, uh, at, at two, pulls Jesse off the mat, and then hits the Vader bomb for the for three count. Uh, JR vocally says he's not happy with Vader, heads to the ring for an interview, asks him if he has any remorse for the embarrassment he put everybody through. Uh, and he said, uh, Vader said, my job is to beat up people, and I apologize for nothing and to no one. Uh, JR mentions Vader, you know, you've been asked about if wrestling's fake. Uh, don't you think you've, you've been asked about it probably more than once. Didn't you think you overreact and tells JR, you know, you can finish that interview, takes JR's hat off, starts backing him into the corner, takes his glasses off, gets him by the throat. Shamrock comes in and gives him a belly to belly. Dude, that was a fucking sick belly to belly. He fucking picked his ass up and threw him down. I got to. He pooped. He threw poor Leon. <laughs> poor Leon got matted. Uh, Shamrock picks up the mic and says, it's not going to be Vader time. It's going to be hard time. I liked it. Oh, big boss fans coming back? <laughs> Dude, um, I loved that JR did all that. Yeah. Because I was like, why are they going to let him come in and be just be okay with everything? And he was like, no, nah, what you did was wrong. What is the first time you've ever heard this? What are you like? You're a professional. I was like, good for you. At least you're calling all that out, and it's kind of like owning up on their end. But Vader didn't. But you know, it's okay. The American fans, we don't need to because Brett's calling that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I liked it. I mean, you know, we we know what to expect from Shamrock, right? Um, there's the incident where he tells his sister to slap him, like right into the microphone, like he leaned over to the camera, making sure his voice would get picked up. Uh, 
But yeah, he's still fresh and he's already fucked it up with the whole, I don't know you. Who are you? Who are you? I don't know you. So. And I'll make your rape charge in jail seem like a <laughs> yeah. summertime oh, mage. Whoa. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, next we see uh, Goldust and Marlena backstage. Goldust saying, you know, you're not coming me with me to the ring. And she walks off all pissed off. Uh, so naturally, next we get Triple H uh, with China versus Goldust. Goldust jumpstarts the match. China, as usual, gets her shots in uh, during distractions. Uh, this actually causes Marlena to come out, as you'd expect. Uh, ref separates them, and I kind of like where this goes. I like this little revenge here. Uh, China goes after Marlena. Goldust cuts her off, uh, and she walks right by him, but eyeballs Goldust the whole time. But by the time she turns around, Marlena has the powder, throws it right into China's eyes. Uh, Triple H goes to check on China. She can't see, chokes him, lifts him off the ground. Triple H gets counted out. Um, <clears throat> so a little, uh, little payback from Goldust and Marlena. Good to see. Um, and it doesn't make China look weak. Uh, it was great to see her lift Triple H off the ground. Uh, what was weird was that as soon as, like before Triple H and China, even like Goldust and Marlena have already gone to the back. Triple H and China are just about to head to the ramp and the gong hits. So they're not even out of the way yet. Taker's on the Tron for a spooky interview with Vince. And uh, then we go backstage, and Pillman is still praying. Maybe the longest prayer I've ever seen in my life. No man. shit. I hated going to church. Yeah, two hours, man. Uh, we see Austin uh, pacing backstage. No context, just pacing back and forth. Uh, then we head to the, the main event. We get Taker versus Bulldog. Uh, so Brett and Owen stay at the top of the ramp. Uh, Bulldog cuts a quick promo, dedicates the match to Brett, obviously following suit with uh, Owen. Uh, at one point, Owen runs, and Bulldog kind of did this, but not as uh, not as severe or extreme. Uh, at one point, Owen goes running to the ring to help Bulldog, but realizes that in doing so, he left Brett unguarded at the top of the ramp, so he rushes back real quick. It was That was a good little spot right there. Uh, during the break, we get a promo for Austin Taker at uh, In Your House, Cold Day in Hell. At uh, one point, Taker hits the choke slam. Owen runs in, goes after Taker's knee, turns into a double team DQ. We do have Brett alone still at the top of the ramp. We see Austin run through the crowd, goes after Owen and Bulldog, uh, runs them off. Uh, Austin grabs the world title while Taker's not looking, gets on the buckle, faces off with Taker, and uh, this next sec- this next like little sequence was fucking fantastic because everybody looked like a million dollars and it made you want to watch. Um, throws the belt to the mat and hits the stunner. Stands over Taker, giving him the double metal fingers. Taker sits up, grabs him by the neck, choke slams his ass. Um, what we learned from this is that as hot as Austin is, and even though we know where it goes, Taker is still way more over than Austin. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, it even showed in the in the crowd even popped harder for the Taker choke slam. It's not like they booed the fact that Austin was right. Uh, chokes on you're 100% right yep absolutely uh yeah so Austin sees uh Brett alone on the ramp and says well fuck Taker I'm going after Brett Brett which I always thought was a dumb move he he gets up out of the wheelchair and onto his crutches and Austin's just about there and god motherfucking damn it we're gonna get hungry and we're gonna forget our manners fucking Jim Neidhart shows up Yep. Makes the fucking save. Uh, Brett hits Austin with the crutch, knocks him off the ledge. Austin's out cold, being put on a stretcher. 
We go to the back. Pillman is still praying and just looks up with that Cheshire Cat grin, and that's how we go off the air. That shot of him with that fucking grin, that is the encapsulation of everything that makes Brian Pillman Brian Pillman. Loving every minute of it. <laughs> Loving every minute of it. Dude, the whole show was awesome. Yeah. And, it, and like you said, it with the payoff, it led just one big story for the entire night. That prayer paid off yep. with what is now looking like the entire formation of the Heart Foundation. So this is awesome. Obviously, we, we can only speculate that, you know, if we're watching it blindly. Well, right. We know, obviously, looking at, you know, 25 years later, but I'm saying that I, I'm not sure if next week is the very beginning of all five together in the ring. I'm not sure how that all plays out. But you saying you didn't like that Brett stood up. I like it. He baited him. He wanted him to come over to him so that they uh, could draw him closer okay. to the end of that stage. Yeah. I'm thinking more of uh, the, yeah, that, that definitely makes more sense. I'm thinking just more of the perspective of, shit, this guy's coming at me. I'm going to have a better chance in the wheelchair than the crutches. But, yes, you're 1,000% correct. Yes. Well... But also, if you really think about it, that ramp, it's a ramp, and you got to either go by Austin or to go to the back where the gorilla is, still a set of stairs. So he was uh, yeah. right with what he had to do. Yeah, there you go. Okay, fair pal. All right. <laughs> what happened on Nitro? Uh, it's weird, man. We started with uh, a flashback of Flair beating Vader, which I think is fucking hilarious considering... Uh, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the thumbnail of my file of this uh-huh. is always the opener shot of whatever the file is of, you know, whatever that event. <laughs> right. And that is what it was. And I saw only Vader. I could barely see Flair. I go, what the fuck? And I go, are they playing off the cool thing off this week? That's going to be good. But no, it was just Flair and, and Vader. But again, very funny because of recent events and i have to think that wcw's like tonight we're talking about flair in the ring hey let's dig up that vader one yeah that'd be a good one let's put him on our tv too absolutely yep i wouldn't doubt it for one second uh yeah so it's our one hour edition uh next couple weeks i think are like this or at least this week and next week uh due to the nba playoffs uh they did mention the knicks were playing the hornets the knicks probably blew it um, but that's a different story altogether. Uh, so in this one-hour edition, we do have the full team. Uh, well, not the normal team, though. Shivani, Heenan, and Zabisco. I think that's a nice pairing right there. Opens up with Flair and Piper coming out to commentary. Uh, Piper says, what are you guys, uh, too lazy to fill a few potholes? Referencing the promo from last week. Uh, says he doesn't want to wait to slammer. He wants to do it tonight. And then Flair starts to speak, and they cut him off for the opening package. <laughs> Uh, first match of the night, we got Prince IUK versus Dean Malenko for the U.S. title. Uh, they show Jeff Jarrett in the locker room cutting a promo on Dean Malenko. They're going to see each other at Slamboree. And Malenko wins with the Cloverleaf. Not much to talk about there. Uh, next, we get Hoovy versus Six. Juventud Guerrero. Sorry. I always say Hoovy. Uh, for the Cruiserweight title, standard match. You know, both guys can go. Six wins with the Buzzkiller. That's been his finisher as of lately. Uh, and it's typical, he doesn't release the hold at the end. Which the buzz killer, by the way, is basically the crossface chicken. Yep, exactly. A thousand percent. The only thing that he does is he'll usually ground them and just actually, which is the same thing. So never mind. Yeah, it's the same exact thing. Um, yeah. So uh, next we have Steven Regal in the ring supposed to be facing Benoit, but outsiders and six come out. Uh, they had to commentary. 
Uh, obviously, Heenan and Shivani powder quick. Zabisco, you know, slows up and talks shit along the way, at least. Um, Hall refers to themselves as the Wolf Pack. I don't know if that's the first time he's done that. It's the first time I remember hearing it, though. It's the first time I've heard it. Yep, absolutely. And we know where that goes. So, um, Nash with the gangster to line of the night. Hey, Piper, I got no problem getting in the ring with you within the, within the ring with you guys tonight, but it's going to be for 75% of the gate. <laughs> Dude, he is, that's just like so real life Nash coming out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, because he was fleecing him at that point anyway. He probably was getting a quarter of the gate. Uh, so yeah, so that, that's how we end that Benoit, Benoit's music hits and we do get Benoit versus Regal. Uh, naturally, you know, goddamn well what happens. It's a shit show as usual. Sullivan, Hart and Jacqueline run down. It's a DQ Benoit and Sullivan brawl. Uh, Jacqueline jumps on Benoit's back. Woman pulls her off. Meng comes down, chokes out Benoit almost. Regal at one point shows up to kind of help Benoit, but then disappears and then Mang stares down Kevin Sullivan. This thing gets more and more confusing the more we see it. No argument. Yeah, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> That's an astute observation. I can't see anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said. Uh, next, we get a Macho and Liz NWO promo on DDP. I thought that was pretty humorous. Humorous wasn't on this show, though. Uh, next, we get Luger and Giant versus the Amazing French Canadians. It's a squash. They do the whole choke slam and rack combo at the same time for the win. Uh, next, we get Mongo versus Barbarian. And apparently, the Halliburton briefcase is kryptonite for a Samoan's head. Well, they got strong heads, man. Yeah, but the Halliburton put them right down. So the Halliburton must be like, a, like kryptonite. All right. Well, we got a typical Nitro ending. Piper and Flair come out to the ring. They say they want the NWO right now. Flair specifically calls out six, and he says, I can beat your ass, pal. I don't know if it's because he said that, that he said pal all the time, that he threw that in there, or if a lot more people say it, and I just never realized, but I popped for that one. And then... I I absolutely love that we picked up on it, and now every time he says it, it's just... <laughs> it's so I mark out every time he says, pal. And Eric Bischoff, you suck, pal. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> man. I think that he just likes to call people pal. Look, I had a guy that every when I was working at a car wash, hey, buddy, how are you, buddy? Good to see you, buddy. Everything was buddy. Every buddy, guy buddy. was buddy. Every girl was buddy. Everybody was buddy. Everybody's a pal to, to six. And then Flair with the line of the night in reference to six. I've been world champ more times than you've had a piece of ass. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Flair. Way to go. Uh, yeah. Then the weird thing, the NWO music hits and then it stops. Uh, Flair and Piper look up as do the fans. And we see a paper shower uh, raining from the ceiling and all the flyers say tradition bites NWO for life. Um, he, he didn't, so Piper picks up one of the pieces of paper and he stares down and he doesn't look up for like until two seconds left in the episode. Heenan goes, looks like Piper can't read. <laughs> Worst senior ditch day, senior prank thing ever. You know what right. I mean? Like, oh, we're going to rain down a bunch of flyers that say, NWO, ha! That'll that'll be a good ending show. People will like that. I will tune in next week. 
Uh, now, sorry, man, your one-hour show can't compete with the the greatness of Brian Pillman's prayer. No, no, and it was weird because basically what happened was the uh, six and the outsiders come out. Piper, Flair goes right after six, and he actually has the advantage for a little bit, and then all three jump him, and Flair is just screaming for Piper, but Piper's still staring at the flyer. And then he finally snaps to comes to the rescue right as they go off the air. That's your show. (laughs) Well, you know, I absolutely love that you brought up the hard head of Samoans because that family lineage, they, they grow very strong. We have a lot of family lineages that do that. So some are good for submission moves. Some are good for being... You know, lying, cheating. Some are really good with just having a really strong head. I don't know about your family. Mine's a bunch of... All right, man. Hey, guess what? It's top topic time. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for... This week's top topic. You know something, mean Gene? John Cena. Wrestling's not fake. The Rolex wearing what? Diamond ring wearing what? Kiss stealing. Woo! Wheel and dealing. What? Limousine right. What? Jet flying. What? Son of a gun. Woo! Sierra Hotel. India. Echo. Lima. Delta. Shield. If you Following ranking order and final decisions are a completely bias-based order, based off The Professor and ODM made it. And as always, they like to let you know they have not worked in the business, but have been lifelong invested fans much like you, our listeners. With not only their opinions involved, but with countless amount of hours of research done each week, they make sure to provide proper facts and history to back it up. However, they do know that your opinion may vary from theirs. If there is anything you want to chat about, bring to their attention. If there is something they missed or forgot, or you just want to let them know they are out of their freaking minds, feel free to shoot them a message on Facebook or Twitter, or email them at the top of wrestling at gmail.com. As always, they do appreciate all feedback and continued support. At the end of the day, they want to make sure that you do see the best of the best before you die. And now, this week's top topic. Some of my favorite things about doing these uh, these shows with the ODM is you never know what the song is until you're listening to it back, but it's right, man. uh, what's his name sexual chocolate randy watson that's right his version of we are family uh that's right uh that's right baby it's wrestling families the the top ones of all time and you know i I threw together just a couple of names here that i that i was thinking about i know you have a couple here and we'll just kind of go through and talk about some of the wrestling's greatest families in i made a uh, what do you want to call it? A stipulation to this is that it has to be a minimum okay. of three. So you have, sure. you know, because I, I could do the Briscoe brothers, the Hardy brothers, um, or, you know, all different versions of that. You have to have a, at least a minimum of three and it has to make sense. So hopefully what I have here makes mm-hmm. sense. I'm personally going to start with 
not only my personal favorite, but I would probably say the one of the most famous wrestling families of all time, and that is the Hart family. Why would I make that, or why would I make that the first one to talk about? Well, it just works out great with the Hart family uniting with the Monday Night Wars. Stu and Helen, absolutely, they popped out kids left and right, no problem. I'm pretty sure Owen <laughs> walked out by the end, but yeah, Brett, Owen, Keith, Dean, Bruce, Smith, Diana. But we also had the, and I, there's others, but you know, these were our wrestling personalities, our wrestling uh, family portion. So uh, no need to get into the ones that weren't really into wrestling. But with Diana, obviously, she married Davy Boy Smith, and Jimmy Anvil Neidhart also marries into the family. And from there with the, hey, what's that? Well, I was going to say, there's one that I don't see on here that also married into the family. Who did I miss? Dynamite Kid. Dynamite Kid. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Good call. Excellent call. Um, Got to be something. No, you're something. right. I Yeah, that's that's a good one. Uh, and another one that I kind of omitted because it is half there, isn't there, but doesn't need to be. But a cousin of the Hart family is Roddy Roddy Piper. Right, there you uh, go. But in the second generation of stars, you have Teddy Hart, who is just unfortunately just a problem child, uh, Tyson Kidd, Davy Boy Smith Jr., and Natalia. And that's kind of how I went with most of these lists here is generational. Right. Up next, you know, wow, I mean, he even has it in his, his entrance. You know, wrestling has more than one. Royal family. You got the Rose family, baby. Dusty handed down some polka dots to the natural and to <laughs> Cody. All three have had separate great careers. And I think that Cody, although we give him a lot of shit, he really did follow in his father's footsteps in many ways to shape wrestling instead of just being a part of it. I think Dustin has been along for the ride in multiple decades and has held his fair shares we've already talked about just earlier. Uh, anything you want to add on to the rose that I haven't already said, or yeah, I'm sure I mean, we, we kind of, no, I mean, I think you nailed it. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's, I agree with you on the uh, Cody thing. You know, he definitely has contributed a lot. Uh, you know, it's hard to top Dusty. Uh, and, and Cody, I think, is the one that definitely tries to mimic Dusty the most. Uh, Dustin kind of went his own way. But, um, you know, th th they're spanning multiple decades here. You know, I just so need Cody to stop They definitely belong in the conversation. Bitch. <laughs> I need my brother. <laughs> Besides that, but he's always like, even, and I, believe me, like, I can't put myself in his shoes for the, the Dusty that I'm saying like, but sure. every time he's like, he's a very an emotional person. Right. He's like, and every time I talk about the American dream, <laughs> like, come on, man, you didn't know this, what you were going to fucking say. Like someone just randomly brought his name up. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> uh, on to the Guerrero family. You had Gory Guerrero, uh, and him and his wife giving birth to Chavo senior, as well as Hector Mondo and Eddie. And then, you know, of course, you know, Chavo Sr., which is known as Chavo Classic. His son, Chavo Guerrero Jr. Obviously, we're going to say our two most popular of them all for all time would be Eddie. And then second, I would have to go with probably 
Chavo Jr., but you could probably make the same yeah. uh, run for Chavo Sr., though, with his in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. From there, uh, a man who just celebrated his, was it his 25th or 20th wrestling anniversary? I don't know. It's been all over the place. But Randy Orton, his yeah. family. Um, you have Bob Orton Sr., it's funny looking at the doc. Everything says street instead of senior. I'm noticing. Saint, I know. Jesus, <laughs> thanks Google. Appreciate it. Um, but the Orton family, Bob Orton Senior, uh, and then we have, of course, his son, Cowboy Bob Orton Junior, and then with the third generation superstar, Randy Randall Keith Orton. We've talked about the upcoming family a couple of times, and unfortunately, they are just. You know, I guess you have the, the, everybody has a black sheep in the family. Well, this is the black sheep family of wrestling families. Unfortunately, they just have been, had nothing but bad luck, if you will. And that's the Von Erich family. Fritz gave birth to several, not him personally, his family, him and his wife, uh, several wrestlers. We have Kevin, David, Carrie, Mike, and Chris Von Erich. And in the more recent generation, you have Ross, Marshall and Lacey. Ross and Marshall have been a part of MLW. So they're still keeping the Von Eric yep. name alive, which I think is great. Um uh that's with Mike, right? Yes, the, the they are the kids of Mike. Of Mike, yep, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> yep. So yeah, this one's rough because these guys could have had a lot more longevity. Yeah. Obviously, you know, we most of us know the story. If you don't Check out Dark Side of the Ring, Last of the Von Eric. You want to talk about some fucking sketchy-ass shit, man. Oof. And you say they, they all could have had great careers, and and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be an asshole, but it wasn't all natural stuff that took them. You know, they most of yeah. them, a, a good chunk of it was suicide. And it's, so yeah. if they, it's sad because, man, I was... A huge Texas Tornado Carrie Von Erich fan when he came into WWF. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't mm-hmm. know him from the NWA or AWA years and all the stuff that he did with Flair early on. I didn't know any of that stuff or even the WCCW. Exactly. That was my next one. But I was hooked the moment I saw him. And at that point, he already had the wooden leg. So it's not like it was uh, brand new. Yeah, and it's was, so weird. You know what I mean? I just never understood. He was on the yeah. biggest platform possible and I was in. They threw the Intercontinental Title on him at SummerSlam '90. I was a very, very big Kerry Von Eric fan. So I was sad when he passed away. Um, but yeah, it seemed tragic to a lot of those guys in their family. So hopefully, Ross, Marshall, Lacey, keep it going. You guys are doing a good job. If hasn't anybody, if anybody hasn't told you that. <clears throat> anyway, hey, you want to talk about the next family? Oh, you just want me to say Anna? Yeah, I did because I didn't want to say it. <laughs> Yeah, the Anoa'i family. I mean, we we know. Actually, I think Nightwing says it better than me. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is. I mean, you just want to just run through this list real quick. Peter Maivia, the Wild Samoans, Afonsika, Fatu, Rocky Johnson, Yokozuna, Rikishi, uh, Umaga, Tonga Kid, Samu, Manu, uh, Rock, uh, Ro- the Rock, Roman Reigns, Jimmy J Uso, Jacob Fatu, Solo Sika, Solo Sika. Um, yeah. And it's, it's a bit of a long list, don't you think? Is. And, you know, the, the most notorious biggest name from the original for the first generation is that Peter Maivia. Second generation right. was Wild Samoans. 
you know, and, and, oh, fuck and yeah. it's like each generation was well represented. You didn't just have the wild Samoans. You had Rocky Johnson in that time. And then your mm-hmm. third generation, Yoko, Tonga Kid, which we absolutely love in uh, um, Body Slam. Body Slam. Thank you. It's funny because I always, for some reason, thought Haku and uh, Tama Tonga and all them were somehow in relation to these guys as well, but doing the math, no. But, you know, also in the third generation, you would think that Rikishi, you know, would be older than him, but he's a cousin to, the, to Roman Reigns. The Usos are little mm. cousins. Uh, yeah, something like no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. Yeah. Either way, uh, it's either way. Big family, and I, I would say that they easily rival greatest wrestling family of all time. When it comes, it, it, we're going down the list right now, and I would say between the Hearts and Noi, I would say those two yeah. would probably be the biggest names so far that we've talked about. Not just because they oh, produce absolutely. the most, Hands but down. we're talking. I mean, yes, producing the most, but you have your lineage. It keeps going, and that—that's a big piece to it, right? I mean, it's not like some of them that just kind of have had different. Well, well, we'll get into them in a couple of minutes. There's there's a couple of different names. Uh, up next, you got the Hennings, Larry the Axe Henning, and you know his son was Mister Perfect, Eric Henning, and his son was or is. Joe Henning, better known as Curtis Axel. I haven't seen much out of him, and that's a shame. Uh, such potential, I think, and just kind of went to the wayside. Nothing against him, I think, just yeah. very not utilized. It, exactly, yeah, there's not much you can do about that. And listen, I mean, you know, limited amount I saw him wrestle, I can't say there's anything wrong with his in-ring work. It's just he never had anything that made you want to watch him. So you, other than he was, you would have thought putting Mr. in Perfect with Heyman would have been gold, and it just didn't work. Not everybody could be a Heyman guy, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, man, but it is what it yeah. is. So yeah, definitely lower on the list, as much as we love Mister Perfect. Totally. Uh, another good family, I would say lower on the list, but uh, a tight knit family. Brother, 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 brother. You got Angelo Poffo, <laughs> his family, with his two sons, Randy and Lanny Poffo, the genius, Macho Man, and the genius. Yeah, one of the best impersonations, obviously, his own brother. So, oh yeah, and uh, who slapped the shit out of that douchebag and then almost got his arm broken. <sighs> But I do love the talking of the genius. It's the one thing I know how to do. (laughs) But I do love that whole, you'll never wrestle in my age, you cocksucker. I love how he does that part. That's one of my favorite things. Go home and take your riddle in, you cocksucker. I'm a man of very few impressions. God damn it, that one? Eh, I'll nail that. Uh, Up next, Malenko's. Boris Malenko, uh, I'm not sure if you actually knew, but not just his sons were Dean Malenko, but he also had Joe Malenko. Joe was a wrestler throughout the 90s as well, but uh, just didn't stay with it as long as Dean did. And I think that that was uh, not well as noted that Dean Malenko is a second generation superstar. It's not as much said, and I think they don't even say it on Nitro, and I think they could have. Yeah, I don't. I didn't even know that. So that that one, uh, you just took me to school, Professor. You're welcome. Well, up next, 
Somebody call 911. Because I just shot <laughs> Superfly Jimmy Snicker. Super, super, super murder. Okay, I'm done with the joke. Uh, yes, please. He has two kids. One was Deuce, or Sim Snuka. They try you tried using Sim in the Legacy era with Cody and Ted. Didn't work. Same with how they tried using Manu. Uh, but you also had the more infamous Tamina Snuka. The next one, well, this is kind of just a fun one for me. You got Jerry Lawler yeah, and his son, Brian Christopher. And their cousin is the Honky Tonk Man. Doesn't make sense. Probably shouldn't have made it in there, but I just like that one. <laughs> kind of like the next one. Well, the next one, uh, actually, you know, kind of like the Malinkos. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, had two sons. Ted Jr., which we all know, which is a part of Legacy, we also had Brett DiBiase. Right. He was in OVW, and he did a lot on the indie circuit as well, but just never really made it to the bigger leagues, but was a second-generation superstar, and it did meet the quota. We're all about meeting quotas here. All about Up my next. computer not going to sleep, so it stops recording. <laughs> oh, my God, my stop recording. <laughs> nope, we're good. Uh, it was a fun joke. The colognes. I won't even make that joke anymore because I'm afraid of shit like that. I know, so right? I, even have, I can't no, my... even see anything. Yeah, right. Uh, the colognes. Carlos Colon. You know, he has quite a backstory. Um, but hmm. he had a son, Carlito, and their co- and his cousins are Primo and Epico. Yeah, this one gets, I think, goes under the radar. I'm glad you included that one. Yeah, well, they kind of hit on it pretty good with their family lineage mm-hmm. when they were in there, but they just, you know, those guys, unfortunately, never just had the best sense in WWE, and nothing against them. I think, again, it goes back to creative. You have to yeah. have something there for you in that sports entertaining world. You have to okay. be able to be entertaining. I was going to say, the best, I think best Carlito had was, what, the Apple smashing gimmick? Absolutely. Oh, I love that. <sighs> I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool. <laughs> now, the next one I said that I was bringing up is, you know, when you have multiple gimmicks, it's hard to carry on that family lineage. And this is it. And this is the Wyndham Rotunda family. Because Blackjack Mulligan, he was, you know, of the Blackjacks. He had two kids, Barry Wyndham and Kendall Wyndham. And there's a guy who married into the family, Mike Rotunda. And that's IRS, as we all know. And his sons are Wyndham, or Bray Wyatt, as we know, or Taylor Rotunda, Taylor Rotunda, which is also Bo Dallas. Again, this is a guy, a bunch of guys that could have kept the lineage going, but they didn't. They were given names like Husky Harris, Bray Wyatt, Bo Dallas. <laughs> IRS. Yeah, lineage right. is not exactly a thing that's going to go on with that family name. So that's why we can't exactly hold that to the higher standard. The one family name that does come up pretty often that everybody likes to talk about, the Funks. We talk about them. They're still around. And great picture of uh, Mick Foley and Terry Funk just recently. It looked like they were out at a restaurant. But Dory Funk Sr. and his two boys, Dory Jr. and most infamous, or most famous, I would say, uh, for sure, Terry Funk. Anything you want to add about the Funks? I mean, what else can you say? 
And, uh, yeah. It's easier. It's easier. I think it's easier for us because we're right on the cusp of that familiar with the older wrestling from, you know, maybe the late 70s to more, you know, early to late 80s, early 90s. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure, you know, your exposure, my exposure is more for Dory Jr. and Terry. I mean, that's really what, you know, we're more familiar with. And uh, exactly. they were a big staple of the Southern wrestling. And, you know, obviously Terry wrestled in Japan with uh, Mick. So, I mean, it's a, it, it's just the three of them, but it carries a lot of weight. Uh, there may not be a lot more recent shit. Um, I mean, fuck, Terry did take a, a choke slam from The Undertaker. So, got choke slammed right out of his shoes. And we're about to watch him become Chainsaw Charlie very soon. Oh, so, dear hey, we God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can't wait. That mess. Up next, we got the Vashon family. Yeah. We had Mad Dog, Maurice Vashon. His brother, Paul the Butcher, and their sister, Vivian. And Luna was the stepdaughter mm-hmm. to the Butcher, Vashon. And you learn a lot about that as well on the dark side of the ring. Here, yeah. we give that one a shot. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, another family that makes the cut is the Rougeau family. Jacques Sr. was a very big uh, territory wrestler back mm-hmm. in the 70s or 60s and 70s and then his sons took over which is Jacques and Raymond which we all remember as the fabulous Rougeau brothers uh, fabulous Rougeau brothers we're all American boys <laughs> and Jacques went on to be the Mountie as well as the Quebecers um, yep. and Raymond was the I mean, he was a commentator for French commentary with WWE for, I think, for like 20 more years to come after that. So, you know, long, long careers. Up next, this one I I thought I may get a little shit for, but I think it kind (laughs) of technically fits. (laughs) Hey, I didn't put the Hogan's in there, all right, because Brooke didn't count. Pretty fucking thin. Yeah, well, this one's close enough. The Flares. You got Ric Flair. And you got Charlotte. And David did wrestle, man. He was in WCW. <laughs> D, even did some stuff in WWE. You I think can't you would say he didn't. I think you would have been better off putting Little Nate in there. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say Reed. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's Charlotte. All right, on to the Armstrong family. You know them better sometimes. Well, we all use their name as the Armstrongs, but their better real last name is the James family. Uh, which is Bullet Bob Armstrong. His boys, Brad, Steve, Scott, and the most famous one is Road Dog, Brian James. Right? Uh, yeah, he's Brian James. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bullet, oh, no, what? Steve Armstrong. No, 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 I take it back. Brad Armstrong Brad. is the one we keep seeing on WCW every now and then, which is great. Yep. That's a, that's a, you know that's a family that doesn't get talked about enough either. The Armstrongs. Yeah, that's true. And if, unless you listen to Cornette's podcast all the time, weekly reference, uh, he gets t- he gets brought up a lot. The next family, it's funny because I I had it on the list and then I saw the last name and I go duh that's already in the Hart family <laughs> Smith and I thought I meant Davy Boy Smith and it wasn't. Uh, and I go Smith family and I go what did I mean by that? Oh, I do know what I meant. It was Grizzly Smith and his family. Man, my eyes were opened up to so much with that dark side of the ring. 
episode. Mm. I did not realize that Grizzly Smith was the father of Jake the Snake Roberts, Rock and Robin, and Sam Houston. Yeah, I knew Jake. I didn't know Adam Robin. Me- yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't think we need to go into detail about all the yeah. negatives of everything with that family. Um, and I guess there's one real big family that's kind of left and pretty notable. Uh, yeah. You have Vince Sr., right? And yeah. One of the bigger creators of it all, but the one that took over, Vince Jr., BK, Vince Kennedy, McMahon, Mr. McMahon, whatever you want to call him, giving birth to Shano, Can't Throw, Puncho, and Stephanie. I went from an A cup to a D cup. <laughs> Who? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. And let's not forget Hornswoggle, because apparently we're going to at least go through family lineage and how things work out. Hornswoggle. But also, Triple H marries into the family. Um, I mean, you can, really can't talk wrestling families if you're not going to talk them. And we give them a lot of shit, but hey man, they do what they do, and there's a reason they are where they are. I could shit on Vince all day long and the stuff that they do, but they are million billionaires for a reason. And it's because they did create things that people wanted to watch. Whether you care to watch it, people watched it. God damn it, I'm still going to end up watching probably the next Royal Rumble and SummerSlam and, and WrestleMania, you know, just because they are what they are. The only ones I tend to not care about as much as I used to, I used to love Survivor Series. Now I'm like, ooh, the one day a year. Well, <laughs> Brand one, warfare. Time of the month for the, yeah, it's just that time of the month that they're fighting each other. They fight weekly. Um, I mean, they're merging your titles, come on. But no, really, it's just SummerSlam, Mania, and Royal Rumble. And that's sad, but I'll give you the, my time on those. I'll at least give you those. You guys have, have got that at least out of me every year. But that is it. So when it comes down to it, what would you say is the overall greatest wrestling family if you had to choose it? Would you say the Anawise or would you say the Hearts? I, I, I say the Anawise. I mean, I certainly appreciate the Hearts, but uh, there, there's, it's just so much more multi-generational. And, uh, yeah. I can't disagree. I, I, I mean, as much as I want to because I'm a Bret Hart guy, um, we're not just talking just some guys that have been there. We're talking, you know, guys who've all been on top and are Hall of Famers and, and have been WWE champion with The Rock, Yokozuna, Roman Reigns. Um, I mean, Rocky Johnson being, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the first black wrestler in WWF to win a title or a mm-hmm. tag team title or something like that. If yep. I'm not mistaken with Tony Atlas. Yes. Yeah, so it, mean, was a, it was a tag titles. Yeah. Yeah. You, you can't take away from that family. No. It was really cool to go down the, the family tree of that. If you haven't looked at the picture of it. Mm. Yeah. It's insane. Quite a, a, yeah. I had to scroll left and right several times. It didn't form <laughs> on my computer. Right. The other fucked up thing is how much fucking tragedy between a lot of these families. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, I think that's the toll it takes on being a part of a family business. You know, any family business is trying to follow in footsteps. And if you can't, it, there's a lot of tragedy that follows along, unfortunately. So let's not let our kids get into podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to miss you. I don't know if we've yet even said this yet, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, ODM is off for the next couple of weeks, and 
I'm happy because I can make as many lists as I want to. <laughs> top 500. <laughs> top 500 moments that I don't like about him. No. Um, but yes, you know, I am going to miss you. It's going to be hard to make jokes. It, no one's going to tell me boo. Maybe, maybe I'll play your part. I'll just go boo <laughs> on your behalf. There you go. Do you have any parting words that you need to say, not just in your final four, but anything that you want to say for the next couple of weeks? I don't know, man. Keep watching good wrestling. Keep talking shit about bad wrestling. Like what you like. Fuck everybody else. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Chicken nuggets every day. No? (laughs) That not work? This thing on? (laughs) Um, have you ever guys noticed how some guys walk? All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Top of Wrestling Podcast. Appreciate you, my nizzle. We'll be back next Wednesday. One of us will, but ODM will be here in spirit as next week we keep the Monday Night Wars going. And in two weeks, I have a top topic for you. That's right. I'll be ranking each year of the WWE, WWF, just the last 30. I'm not going to get all too crazy. But it's going to be kind of a fun breakdown when you really think about what is the most profitable, uh, what was the most entertaining storyline-wise. When you look at everything, how can you choose just one? It's going to be kind of fun, I think, for me. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Ladies and gentlemen, I bid you a farewell. ODM leaves you with just four words. Until we meet again. I don't know, that might have been such a bad accent, nobody understood what the fuck I said. Until we meet again, assholes. Oh, wait, that's five words. The Top of Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by The Top of Wrestling Podcast. Your hosts are The Professor, Mark Fantasia, and ODM, Joe Rizzo, with special weekly segments by Nightwing the Analyst, Rashawn Hilton. Without your continued support, it would just be some guys talking wrestling. Feel free to interact with the show on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and by email at thetopofwrestling at gmail.com. Well, it's a good thing we started at 420 and it's 430. So let's just pretend that we got started at I got these. Internet is down all around. Call back when you're ready. I'm here. Recorded. Fuck this guitar.
Should have never bought a dreadnought. How's that for an Easter egg? Uh, Alright, I'm pulling up your pictures that you sent. Sounds like a Cure song. <laughs> what? The, I'm pulling up the pictures that you sent? That's a Cure song? Picture, pi- pi- pictures of you. Oh. You want to know songs in my head? Sure. My name is Peaches, and I'm the best. All the DJs <laughs> want to feel my breast. Abo- <laughs> 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 you had it going until the beatboxing at the end. <laughs>